Hello, everyone. Once again, welcome to uh, another edition of our, uh, our our adventures in podcasting here on BC Interruption. Today on uh, Pardon the BC Interruption, the podcast of bcinterruption.com, my name's Dan Rubin. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. The second edition of a baseball podcast talked earlier in the season about the uh, upcoming schedule at the time of the Boston College Eagles, but now we're really diving into a, a time in the year that I don't think anybody ever thought would have been possible. Boston College in the NCAA tournament taking on Tulane this weekend, Friday afternoon at the Oxford, Mississippi Regional, uh, part of a, a, a regional that's hosted by the Ole Miss Rebels out of the SEC, the Eagles getting into the field of 64 for the first time since 2009. Once again, my name's Dan Rubin. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And today I'm joined by TJ Hartnett. Of uh, you, You've heard him on the, with the ACC Digital Network, WZBC on campus. He's done a lot of emceeing for Boston College, made his way around the circuit at the Futures League. A jack of all trades, I think, is the right way to call him. Uh, TJ, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on here. No, thanks for having me, Dan. I'm really looking forward to it. And like you said, we thought we'd be here. This is only your second podcast, and the first one was the start of the season. My long way this team has come. It's a special one. Well, it's great that finally, like, I, I know we were doing the live radio show back there in the football season and transitioned out to podcasting and did uh, some exploration into this whole magical medium and Boy, we, we look back at the way the year started, and, and I, I hate to rub salt on the wounds of everybody who's going to be listening to this, or, or or maybe that just might be my dad at that point, but the, uh, the you, you look back at football season, basketball season, the it was a struggle, but you know what? There's light at the end of the tunnel because, number one, the baseball team's doing fantastic, and number two... It proves to the BC fans, if nothing else, that if you stay the course, you hold the process, you trust it a little bit, no matter how bad it might get, there is a light. And, you know, we look back, 2013, Boston College wins 12 games. They open up the year 0-20 in, in ACC play in baseball. There, There's hope. There's hope for those other sports, and it's, and it's hope that's a light that's cast from the baseball team. Exactly. And I've only been part of this program for two years now, being a rising junior here at BC, and... Uh, it's just it's phenomenal what Coach Gambino has done with the program. Looking back from when he started here, um, he's just he's worked wonders with all the recruits that he has coming in, the young guns that we have, uh, hyping up the program, making it one of the most, if not, um, I don't want to say the most, but getting there uh, to one of the most elite teams in New England. So it's been a pleasure to watch, and the best part is it's not over yet. I know we'll get to that in a few, but it, 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 it's exciting to say I'm a huge baseball fan myself. I've always been. It's always been my favorite sport, so having a team to uh, come and see the best competition around the ACC, and not only that, uh, compete and win big series against top 20 teams across the board, uh, what could be better? Well, it's funny, the, the top 20 teams are the, are the reason why Boston College gets into the tournament. I mean, you, you look at the schedule, and, and critics point to those losses, the, the losses to Pittsburgh, the losses, Clemson, still Clemson, they, they win the league, but you lose to Pittsburgh, and you lose to Notre Dame, but outside of that, BC has been a just dominating force. You go back starting with that Virginia series, even before that with NC State. This is a team that, you know, back on baseball night in Boston, uh, all the way back when the season began, Mike Gambino once said, I think we have a roster that could make a run at Omaha if, if everything 
breaks the right way. Well, here we are. They're, they have a chance to make that run at Omaha. And it was something that if, if you had paid attention from the beginning of the year, it, there was a little bit of sorting out process that they needed to do in there when they moved Justin Dunn into the rotation. But at the same time, with, with the hitting, with everything, the embracement of the uh, the embracing of the of the small ball mentality, this team was constructed in such a way that they had a vision. They're applying the vision, and really, from I know from your take too, it's been. It, 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 it's all come together in, in, in a construction manner that I don't think many people saw coming. No, not at all. And the best thing about Boston College is they play to their strengths. That's you, you hinted to it with the bunting. Uh, Boston College is known for pitching. And I know we'll get to that um, in, a, in a few and probably talk about the entire time about it. Uh, Justin Dunn being right now, I think, number 11 graded prospect for this upcoming year. Uh, Mike King has been a staple for the past three years. And the newcomer, Jacob Stevens, who were all seasoned this weekend, uh, luckily. Uh, so all three of those guys have been just arms out of the starting rotation every single ACC series. It's a pleasure to watch. And uh, Originally, like you said, Justin Dunn starting as a closer, coming in to take the spot as a starter. He's been flawless since. Uh, his ERA is just unbelievable. That's why so many teams have picked up on and have seen what he's had to do this entire year. It's really shown uh, how great of a player he is. 1.35 ERA. Uh, it's phenomenal. But Going back, D.C., uh, not known as a top-tier ACC school when it comes to playing the Southern schools that ACC is known for with the Virginias, the reigning national champion Virginias, the Louisville. Louisville's arguably the best team in the country. They, they've been uh, flawless this entire year, whether it be from a pitching perspective or having the top center fielder in the league. So getting wins or series wins, not even just wins, series wins against these teams just show that Boston College has come such a long way and they're not going to be a rollover team that they used to be, the northern team that people would have to go up for with the terrible weather and just dealing with trying to sweep a lowly team. Boston College showed this entire year that they're ready to play, and, and that's why they're deserving to be here. It's great to see them head down to Mississippi. Talk, uh, I know you mentioned Justin Dunn, the, the skill set. Um, you know, it's it's... It's been a pleasure to watch even even the development. He came in as a thrower, a guy who had the ability to really chuck the ball, but needed to learn how to pitch. I think that's what Mike Gambino constantly says about him. He needed to learn how to pitch. He's certainly done that. He's now a top-rated prospect. He's going to make a lot of money at the next level and and find a and and hopefully donate some of it back. Is right? I think that's the uh, hopefully hopefully donate some of it back. Uh, but Mike King uh, uh, is a little bit of a different type of pitcher from Justin Dunn, and they play off each other very nicely. There's a great chemistry uh, between them as a one-two punch. I know that King, you know, pitched the, the out of the when they moved Dunn into the rotation, moved back to Sunday as the number three starter. But when you have a guy who's throwing like Justin Dunn, who can touch 95, 96, and then you switch it up with a sinker baller like Mike King, the lineups of, the, of opponents, you know, you, even if you lose the first game, which is nobody's fault. It's not it's not Jacob Stevens' fault when you're going up against a top tier starter. But for the lineup's sake, you're facing a guy with a heavy ball. Then you're facing a guy with a speed and and dominating stuff. And then you're facing a sinker baller. BC really brings something to the table that. You know, there's no familiarity in a regional, and they're going to be playing teams that are simply not going to be prepared with because there's no database on playing a team like Boston College on the mound. Yeah, it's, it's very tough to to read and, and having to face a different picture every day. It's almost like, uh, you know, what do you prepare for, especially from a series standpoint? You have Jacob Stevens, who I'll try to uh, make this as uh, 
as interesting as possible. Jacob Stevens, like a young gun rookie in the MLB that comes out, um, comes firing, uh, had some flawless starts and amazing numbers. Sure, he'll trip up here and there, but any young 19-year-old would. Um, and you go to the second pick, Justin Dunn, he's your ace, he's your all-star. Uh, he's the guy you want on the mound. It's going to be hard throwing and team kind of know what they're up against when it comes down to it. And then you get the king, who's more of the veteran type guy. It almost seems like he's been around for a while and he really knows how to pitch to uh, players' weaknesses and work to his strength. So that three-man combo. And I mean, there's, and we're leaving out tons of pitchers for Boston College, specifically uh, Jesse Adams, who's had a tremendous year. And there's so many young guys, whether it be freshmen or sophomores, that come out of the pen and get the job done time and time again. So his pitching staff, like you said, they bring something different to the table in each of the three guys that we'll see this weekend. And I, I really think it plays to their strength, obviously. As you can see from a record standpoint, their ERA standpoint, uh, you can't get much better than 1.35, 2.04, and 3.15. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a three-headed monster right there. Dan Rubin here on the BC Interruption Podcast talking with TJ Hartnett of uh, several Boston College media uh, media mediums. Uh, the, as I call him, the Renaissance Man. Well, I think that's what I'm going to start calling you. The, the BC Renaissance. <laughs> You're the Renaissance Man, the guy who can do it all. Uh, you know, the offense it gets lost, I think, a little bit in the in the domination of the pitching, and and rightfully so. I think when I when I charted out at the beginning of the year, I said that they would need to score X amount of runs, and they came about 90 runs short of that number in order to make the NCAA tournament. So we're not talking about an offense that is going to go out and, and blow you away. There, there's no Chris Shaw in the lineup. There's no left-handed power. There's no Seth Beer, who's a right-handed power bat. It just doesn't exist. And I think that gets lost on some people. And, I, and I've, I've, I've seen arguments on message boards. I've seen arguments on Twitter. I've, I've had arguments with people about it, that they look at the lineup and they say, your best hitter's in your three-hole, your best hitter's in your four-hole, you got to let them swing away. And for a team like Boston College, even those guys in the three and four hole simply don't have, and this is not a knock against them, it's just reality, don't have the talent level, the, the natural ability to stand up there and say, I'm going yard on this one and hit it out like Seth Beer would. That, that said... This is a lineup that does that, that plays its game well, that has a, a guy in the 7th slot, in the 6th slot, a guy like Scott Brarin, who didn't even start the season in the lineup, that can get on base. And if you can get on base, you get runners on the paths, you get a little, you work pitch counts, you get the pitch counts up. They're capable of putting up runs. We, we've seen it. We've seen them put up 3-4 runs in an inning. They just don't do it consistently. Is that something you need to be worried about, or is that something that you look at the regional and you say, you know what, get the three runs where you can, and then we'll worry about the rest down the stretch? You know, it's an interesting question, and people have different views on it. You kind of mentioned it in the comment boards and what people are saying. Um, when you look at Boston College's lineup, I think the biggest thing is whether it's the one-hitter, the cleanup hitter, or the guy in the nine spot, you have about the same amount of confidence. This is me. I, I, I'm sure you agree to a degree as well. Um, you have the same amount of confidence that that guy is going to get a hit than the guy who's you know supposed to be your three, four guy who's going to be your all-time stud. Um, and that could be looked at as a strength, where it's consistency throughout. Um, like you said, sometimes you don't get that consistency, but from a confidence perspective, where they're going up there and you're like, you know what, this guy has a really good chance. If there's you know a lot of guys 
come in and do, you know, the hot streak. Um, and that could be your, your six-man, someone like Johnny Adams, for example, who started the season ice cold in the ACC. Um, got a, you know, honestly, he kind of turned it around with a drop third strike um, walk-off against Virginia. That's kind of where he found his stride the next couple of uh, series, and he's blossomed into one of our best hitters. But you look at him, and then you look against, you know, Shortino, someone that gets hot at the right time. Joe Cronin started this year on fire, cooled off of late, but has come back to home run the Georgia Tech series. So, across the board, and you can see it, his strengths are weaknesses, as I said, these guys can get on base. They can also get out. You're not going to have that guy to get up there every time that's going to be your 500 hitter, that guy that the base is low that you know, hey, we're getting at least one, we're getting um, possibly four. You saw that in the ACC or the ACC tournament game. We had the base is only, what, three, four times? Couldn't get anybody across. That's where you want a Chris Shaw type player. We don't have that, but we play to our strengths with the three, four runs a game, and we have pitchers that can keep teams, especially ACC teams. So hopefully it helps more than they. Um, NCAA conference without ACC teams, and it plays to our strength to score the right amount of runs, or at least the minimum amount of runs, to keep our pitchers happy. Well, it's funny, they'll be playing a team in Tulane that does not hit for power and hits for average. Where have we heard that one before, right? The, uh, they're heading down to Ole Miss. They're, I think they're either there right now or on the way. They, you know, they've had the, the Twitter take Hova, uh, today on, on, uh, on, on the Twitter on the BC Birdball page with Justin Dunn. Uh, they're heading down to Ole Miss. SEC baseball is a different kind of animal than anything anybody's going to be regulated, regulated for. The, the atmospheres are crazy. They're going to play before more fans than they have in the past. I know last year they played at LSU. It's a totally different atmosphere. Ole Miss draws six, seven thousand people for a game. The students are rowdy. They heckle. They you're allowed to drink beer as long as it's in a cup at the uh, out in the out in the the stanchion. I think out in right field. So that's totally different than what BC is ready for, or ha- or I guess could expect uh, could be ready for. Atmosphere wise, the good news is they're not playing Ole Miss in the first game. That said, this is a chance for Boston College. You know, you when you look at the facilities and you look at everything that they don't have to say, we're tough enough to walk into an atmosphere that is going to be hostile, potentially. It's not that far from Mississippi out to New Orleans versus Boston, at least, versus the attitude of maybe what's going on up here, which is, hey, we'll get seven, eight hundred people out for a game. They'll be on top. They'll be yelling. They'll be screaming at the field. But it's not what they'll face in the SEC stadium. But it seems like playing in Boston and playing in the situations that they've had, they're just simply tough enough to take it. And hey, we we could easily see them fold under the pressure down there. But it's you know atmosphere wise, how does playing in a place like Boston College prepare them when they have to go to a place like Mississippi, where it's going to be something they're not getting here? Sure, it's it's a tough comparison to make. Obviously, uh, at the most, you'll track attract 1,000 people to Shea Field. It's not exactly a uh, premier facility that you'll find in the SEC. It's a lot different when it comes down to the SEC, the Southern mentality of, of Southern baseball. It really doesn't get any better than that. Uh, but the, the, str- the strength that Boston College has is, um, I, I think the biggest is most of their season is played on the road. When they get to that April stretch, they are playing at Shea Field. If they do have good weather, which sometimes they'll get, sometimes they won't, they play to the strength of that. Um, it looks pretty nice down there in Mississippi, so I don't think they'll have to battle any cold weather down there. But um, Boston College as a whole has been 
Road Warriors, 20 wins on the year from road and neutral games, which is the most in the ACC. Granted, they play um, so much being uh, from the north. But like you said, when you have 7,000 people coming to support an SEC team, um, you really you really are never ready to play in that type of environment unless you are an SEC team or you do it very often. Um, all the SEC teams know how to play in SEC environment. Um, on the flip side, ACC is probably secondary when it comes to environment, um, the atmosphere that comes with a uh, college baseball game. Uh, you put on the Florida State, for example, they have very rowdy fans. Same thing with Virginia. Um, when you have top-tier programs playing on the road, uh, they've experienced Virginia this year on the road. But, um, again, when they're playing these top ACC teams, they see the same type of environment that they're going to see in Ole Miss. But the biggest thing, and you hinted towards it, they're playing Tulane first game. They don't have to go in and march up against an SEC team in Ole Miss when it came in second place to um, A&M in the tournament. So really, Boston colleges have to come out, have to find their groove, not let any of the heckles get to them. Not, not sure how well Tulane travels. I imagine decently well being close uh, Mississippi and Louisiana. But um, it'll be an interesting test. And I don't know if they'll thrive in it or it'll be more of a weakness being Tulane so close. But it'll be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to play that much. They're playing Ole Miss. I think it'd be a different story. But starting out against Tulane definitely helps them. We're talking about tough. If you talk about toughness when it comes to uh, playing in the Northeast versus some of the Southern atmospheres, I don't think anybody in the South has ever had a shovel out their batting cage. I just don't. I just don't see. Agrees with with the lack of snow, but I'm sure we uh, they're they're in for a shock when they come up here. One one last thing for you, and, and talk about fan support. Uh, that Shea Field has been rowdy at times this year, uh, as people latched on. But there's been more of a, it seems like generalized support that's come out of the community. Uh, you see it on on Twitter from guys like Dan Roach over at WBZ. Uh, Fred Toucher from ninety eight point five has been a big supporter of Boston College. Interviewed Mike Gambino on the air uh, the other day. Um, the news stations tuning in for Boston College. Uh, if they keep going, if they're able to turn this into a run towards Omaha, towards a Super Regional, they pick up a couple of wins, is there the possibility that Sheffield next year becomes a place to be? I don't know how we can project that. I don't know how we could even talk about that. But it just seems like this year has been different in terms of fan support for BC. No, I Uh, 
everyone down the ramp. Um, seeing Boston in the background, it's a beautiful view. You really can't get much better on a Saturday afternoon than coming out and just enjoying yourself. Um, so I, if, if BC does make a run, you're going to have to imagine a lot of people are going to come out of the woodwork to support. And you know what? I'm fine with that. You want people to come and support BC, especially from the local population around. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's free, which you don't get a lot from a lot of the ACC schools or college baseball in general. And you can really take over the city if you go for a run um, in this NCAA tournament. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I, I, uh, I know that we're going to take advantage of this situation and hopefully take Boston on a little run with us. Well, the risk of being a wicked homer, I know I've, I've given – people a lot of grief over the year over the year with with some of the other sports and i've given fans a lot of grief i've taken a lot of grief it did feel really good when you look up around at the uh at the stands in the parking garage and you see students you know throwing a frisbee or yelling over the at the yelling over the railing down to the field and you see the parents and boy nothing if if i if i take anything with me from this life to the next one it was the way the crowd even showed up for Pete Frades with the, his number retirement it was the uh that was they have really turned out and uh, have forced me to really eat my hat uh, when it came to criticizing fans this year i have had to i am happily eating crow right now Thanks for jumping on. We got to do this more often. That's uh, hopefully there are future podcasts for super regionals and and a trip to Omaha in our future. I would absolutely be honored. If you're paying for the plane ticket. I'll come right along. <laughs> you know what? I I, I will have. You would probably enjoy taking that trip with me more than my wife would. I'll, I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Hartnett, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the BC Interruption podcast. Pardon the BC Interruption. We'll talk to you again real soon. On the flip side, Boston College and Tulane. Friday afternoon in the NCAA first round, followed by either a winner's bracket game or an elimination game on Saturday. And then uh, from there, the schedule will write itself as the Eagles look to advance to a super regional for the first time ever and uh, try to make their first College World Series since Lyndon Johnson was president. I'm Dan Rubin. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your week, and go Eagles!